الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم so the next dua that we're going to cover is uh, that we learn from hadith of the Prophet is the dua for when you look in the mirror. The dua for when you look in the mirror. The Prophet um, uh, th- this hadith is uh, this hadith is useful for all of us. We look in the mirror several times a day sometimes. And so the Prophet Sallallahu taught us this hadith for whenever we look in the mirror. So we should try to um, bring it into our life as well. Now, the one caution is that when oftentimes the mirror that we're looking at is in the restroom. So just be a little careful. Uh, we don't want to take Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la's name, at least verbally, um, inside the inside the restroom. So if it's, if it's outside the restroom, then certainly Otherwise, you could just say it in your heart. Um, so the dua is as follows. It starts with, Alhamdulillah, Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi, fahassin khuluqi. Alhamdulillah, Allahumma kama hassanta khalqi, fahassin khuluqi. So this is, uh, that it translates as, roughly, Alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah. Kama hassanta khalqi, the way that you have perfected my... Um, my creation, meaning, you know, my my physical appearance. Fahassin uh, khuluqi, beautify or make excellent my character. So we begin with Alhamdulillah, and now we talked about Alhamdulillah, I think yesterday or two days ago, but this is it roughly translates as all praises to Allah, and what we are doing here is we're reminding ourselves that number one, all praise is due to Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves all of our attention and all of our praise. And whatever we whatever is being reflected in the mirror itself is attributed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Everything is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. And in particular when we're looking at ourselves in the mirror, everything that we're seeing, we're reminding ourselves that the reason I'm here, the reason I'm in existence, the reason I'm able to actually see what I'm looking at is uh, because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I'm indebted to him because of that the process involved when you are uh, number one for your face to be reflected onto the mirror and then whatever is then going to be transmitted I mean it's a very complex process vision in general is very complicated that number one that uh, the information that's present on that screen or on that mirror has to enter through your eyes it has to uh, d- display itself on your retina and then from the retina there has to be a series of synapses that then cause the nerve to transmit information that information is then crossed it gets processed in the center of the brain called the thalamus and then from there it pathways go to the back of the brain that then has to be processed in, in the occipital lobe and then once you once that information is processed then it goes either um, it goes to the top of the brain or to the bottom of the brain and it helps you understand what is actually uh, being visualized. And all of this is happening in a matter of not even milliseconds. 
All of this happening in a matter of milliseconds. So when you're looking at a reflection, when you're looking at anything, but in this case, when you're looking at your reflection, all of that is occurring without any effort on our own. This is Allah Ta'ala's creation. This is His magnificence. This is His majesty. All of this is occurring. So anytime we look at anything, we should remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. And in particular, in this case, we remember Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala. We say, Alhamdulillah, first and foremost. And then we're praising Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala for creating us. When we're looking at the a mirror or looking at our reflection and reminding ourselves that look uh, i am only in existence because of allah and the soul my, my soul was breathed into me into this body that i'm looking at because of allah there's a you know there are physical bodies that no longer have life in it right they're sitting in the morgue they're sitting in graves there's no longer life in it if if you were to uh, shine a mirror onto them i mean they're completely lifeless but when we're looking at the mirror there's life inside of us. Well, where did that life come from? That came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anytime we look at ourselves. Then, The way you beautified my, um, my physical characteristics, my physical, you know, my, my, my outward appearance, you can say. My khalqi literally means like your creation, but my creation in the sense of my physical appearance, the way you beautified my physical appearance. So what we learn from this is that that every formation has been carefully designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every subtle feature of our face or of our body has carefully been, been uh, designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's very subtle. You know, imagine, you know, if somebody were to create a sculpture of our face or, or faces in general, a, a, pr a true sculpture, there's going to be deficits. There, there's no way that they're going to be able to, you know, create an exact replica. You know, sometimes these wax museums have as close as it gets, but obviously you can tell that this isn't, this isn't real. But they do whatever they can. How much time and effort is put into one individual sculpture? You know, weeks, if not months, are put into trying to design one face. Now, how many children are born every single hour in the entire uh, in the entire world, right? And so think about it. Every single child that's being born or every single child that's in the womb of their mother, their face is being designed and carefully, you know, carefully drawn out for them. And this is all happening in just a matter of moments. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing this for hundreds or thousands of people every single day. And then, then that face has to evolve as well. The face has to evolve. It isn't that the way the child's face is, this is how a person's face is, you know, 30 years later. Number one, it evolves within the womb of the mother. If you look at, you know, ultrasound images of what uh, an infant looks like when it's still in, when, when it, what a fetus looks like, I mean, and by the time it comes out, there's substantial difference, right? Every few weeks, there's a difference in the way the face appears. Okay, then it comes out from the womb, and then the, the baby itself evolves, you know, every two months, every three months. What happens? You know, grandparents come over and they say, wow, he, he changed so much. Oh my goodness, she changed so much. All that, that's, they're referring to the face predominantly. They change so much. Three years, four years, five years, right? If you go for a period of time without seeing them, you say, wow. And you see them the next time, you say, wow, they changed so much. Well, all of that has been carefully detailed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It isn't just occurring randomly. We aren't just aging on our own. Every molecule that's involved in, our, in the process of the evolution of our face, this is all being, this is all architected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it doesn't stop. It continues all the way until old age. 
It continues all the way until a person who's 30 years old looks different than when they're 40, than when they're 50, when they're 60. There's never a time where your characteristics, the characteristics of your face are not changing or not involving. It's a continuous process, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is engaged in, all, in, this, in this entire process. So, uh, and, so th and so this is, when we're talking about beautification of the face, it isn't literally physical beauty in the sense of I'm attracted, but we should think beyond that. Beauty in the sense of how excellent the, uh, the creation of the face in general is and the evolution of how that how that face how it evolves over time how beautiful that is how intricate it is you know if we were to focus on just for instance the eye how beautiful the eye is the components of the eye when you really look close up into the eye and you look at the structures of the eye even from the outside right the the sclera the pupil uh, the iris i mean everything is so perfectly designed some people's eyes are some people have eyes that are black some that are green some that are gray some that are brown it's such a beautiful creation. I mean, entire textbooks and journals are dedicated to just the eye. And people are continuing to research how beautiful the eye is. And then the, there's the nose. And then there's the ears. I mean, every... And then the skin of the face. And, and no two people are alike. Right? Everyone is fashioned in a different way. There's a, there's a point where the mind wouldn't be able to think beyond that, but yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that capable that He can create every single face differently. I mean, even in this room, if we were to look at each other's faces, everyone's eyes are different. Everyone's noses are different. Everyone's mouth is different. Everyone's ears are different. No one has the same. It's all different. This is just the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is how He's beautified the human being. And, and if we were to really reflect upon this, we would, we would be lost in, in reflection. So, that not only is it the, the physical beauty that we think of as attraction with regards to the face, but even every subtlety of the face that if we were to really analyze, we would be perplexed by how, how subtle the creation of the face is. So, clearly the face has been beautified. Clearly the face has been beautified. So, and interestingly, some people have deformities of the face. Even that has been carefully architected as well. We don't even neglect that. You know, maybe physically to us it doesn't appear to be beautiful. But because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who even designed what we would consider a deformity, we appreciate that as well and the subtlety that goes into this. So, كَمَا حَسَّنْتَ خَلْقِ Ya Allah, the way you beautified my face, that the not, not that Allah ta'ala required time and effort, but that the attention that of yours that was required so that my face could be as beautiful as it is فحسن خلقي make my character beautiful as well make my character beautiful as well because that's where beauty truly lies in our character and it's difficult to appreciate because I think as a society as a whole we've become so focused on our external there's such an emphasis on external beauty and this external anything, right, outwardness, that we've neglected the importance of the character of, of our character, and this this exists in our society today. But this existed, you know, for for centuries and decades. I mean, this is why this hadith was there at the Prophet's time as well. Clearly, there's always been human beings have always placed an emphasis on the outside, and we've neglected the inside. And uh, and this is a problem for us as a society and even as, individu as individuals that we focus so much on the external, right? The clothes that we wear, the hairstyles that we, that we keep and that we chase after. These aren't true marks of beauty. These are what we've, we've created in our own minds that this is beautiful. 
But if this was beautiful, then there would be some salience to it. It wouldn't be that hairstyles change every single week. It wouldn't be that you know clothing styles change every other year. There would be some salience to it. There would be some. It would. It would over the course of you know millennia, it would persist if if this was true beauty, right? But you know, one week you know you shave your hair on the sides, and then one week you sure you shave the sides of the head, and then this part is long, and then you know, and then then you. Uh, some, sometimes the style is that you push it all the way forward and you comb it up and it's just it, 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 every, every few years it just changes but how, how could you define beauty by something that is only transiently present beauty is there if it's salient if it's there for a long period of time that's how you would define beauty you know clothing for that matter Clothing every five or ten years, inevitably clothing is going to change. But we place such a great emphasis on it. Our effort, our energy, our time, our money is focused on chasing after the fads of this world. But they evolve so quickly. And in fact, if you were to look at people that were dressed, you know, you look at the clothing that people wore 15 years ago, you'd laugh. You know, when I was in high school, and you, you know, for instance, the clothing that, you know, the, the people were into at the time, I mean, myself included, we were all a part of it. Uh, we, I mean, you'd laugh if you saw the types of styles. I remember there was one style where, like, Maybe it was before, maybe it was 20 years ago, but you'd literally, you'd wear a belt, and then the end of the belt, you'd just hang down your pants, like the outside of it. You might, some of you might remember that. That was the style. Now, if you were, in, I, don't, I don't think that's the style now. Is it the style now? Yeah, you'd laugh at it. You'd laugh, you'd like, what, put your belt back in its socket where it's supposed to go. Why, why are you letting it drag down? It doesn't make sense. And then the, uh, there was another style where you'd tuck in the front of your shirt, and you'd leave out the back of your shirt. That doesn't even make any sense. Either tuck it in or keep it out. But, I mean, now we laugh at it. But at, back then, that was the craze. Everyone was doing this. Everyone was so fixated on an outward appearance, and we still are. And that was the style of the time. And now you look back and you laugh. And I can guarantee you that the way we chase after our clothing today, 15 years from now, everyone's going to be laughing at it. And be like, are you crazy? What, what, what were you guys thinking? What were you guys thinking? So we place such an emphasis on something that's just passing anyway. Such an emphasis on things passing anyway. So this applies to everything. Our clothing, it applies to anything outward, right? Our clothing, our hairstyles, our, um, you know, uh, our, our apparel, whatever it might be. Um, so we get caught up in all of this. You know, we've, emphasized, we've emphasized, you know, quote-unquote good looks and clothes and hairstyles, and it's causing, it causes a lot of problems. I mean, we don't see it, but then they come to the clinic, and, and this is an issue. There are people that have you know, body dysmorphic disorder. And it's not, and it's exacerbated by this, that they're so obsessed with their, with their physical appearance. Part of it is, is this inherently within them. But then when it's so emphasized by a society, then they feel so imperfect that then it becomes a disease. And, and you know, then it leads to social avoidance and emotional stress. I mean, who's going to address these problems? You know, anorexia and bulimia, these are, these are conditions that have that, that are exacerbated by this sort of a culture that we, that we perpetuate and propagate, right? And these are real problems that people suffer from, and, and we're contributing to this by, by, by focusing on the external. So the Prophet wasallam is teaching us through this that, okay, we're not going to neglect that the external has its beauty, right? It, it's not that, you know, Ya Allah, make my external appearance ugly or make it, you know, uh, make it hideous. We're recognizing that there is beauty to it. There's beauty in it primarily because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created it and what Allah ta'ala created is beautiful. But also because in general we, we appear, we, we, uh, we appreciate beauty. Allah ta'ala says, uh, the Prophet said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَمِيلٌ يُحِبُّ الْجَمَالِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful and He loves beauty. He, uh, uh, and He likes beauty. So we appreciate that. We don't downplay that. 
But the Prophet ﷺ, we're not downplaying it, but in the same way that we tend to focus, or the, in the same way that we tend to think about our outward beauty, or in the way, same way that Allah Ta'ala perfected our outward beauty, we ask that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala perfect our inward character as well. And character is, 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 is what is, um, and character is really what defines the human being. Now the Prophet ﷺ had exemplified character. And it's said about the Qur'an, وَإِنَّكَ لَا عَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ That his character uh, is at an exalted or at an elevated level. And we should seek to strive, we should seek to follow or learn from the character of the Prophet His character was so superb that Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said about it that if you want to know the character of the Prophet his character was the Qur'an. If you wanted to see a Qur'an that was walking and talking and all of the values that are taught in the Qur'an of mercy and compassion and spreading uh, and forgiving, etc. Well, this was all present in the Prophet He was the walking, talking Qur'an. And uh, it comes in hadith, uh, narrated in Bukhari and Muslim, that uh, Jabir radiallahu anhu, he says that it had never happened that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was ever asked for anything and he said no. It never occurred that the Messenger وسلم, was ever asked for anything and he said no. This is, uh, this, is, uh, this is our role model. This is character exemplified. It comes in another hadith. Abdullah bin, Jabr, uh, Abdullah, uh, bin Jafar radiallahu anhu, he narrates that once the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he went to an orchard that was owned by a, um, a companion from the Ansar. And there was a camel there, and that camel was groaning, and it was it, it was groaning, and it um, when it saw the Prophet ﷺ, it began to shed tears. It was a camel. It, it was groaning. It's you know the ulama say it was groaning like it had lost its children, like that sort of pain. Uh, it was it was in that kind of pain, and it was um, and the camels and the camel began to cry when it saw the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ went to the camel and, and he stroked the head of the camel very gently and he, and he calmed it down. And then he asked, whose camel is it? Whose camel is this? And then a young man, a young fatan is the word that's used, so like a, an adolescent or maybe a young, young man from the Ansar came and he said that it belonged to him. So the Prophet ﷺ asked him, he said, do you not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do you not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? In particular, in respect, he said, in, the, in respect to this poor animal who, who submitted itself to you, he allowed you to become its master or its owner. Do you not fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with regards to this poor, poor animal? You know, and he said, the, the camels complained to me that you keep it hungry and you've been taking too much work for it. This was a compassion of the Prophet This was his character exemplified. He, uh, this, he, he uh, embodied the Qur'an and the teachings of the Qur'an. So the Prophet ﷺ clearly had perfect, beautiful character, exalted character, khuluqin azim, right? An elevated level of er, status when it comes to character. And so we too are reminded that, well, our character should be of the same way as well. Now, many a times we don't ask for... We don't, we don't necessarily consciously ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to perfect our character, but now we have the opportunity that whenever, whenever we look in the mirror, and there's one in the back, then all of us are you know, looking and <laughs> checking ourselves out in the back before we come for salah and things. Anytime we look at ourselves in the mirror, we should recite this dua. And then inshallah, through this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help us in perfecting our character. 
So again, the dua is Allahumma. Oh, uh, so we first we begin by saying Alhamdulillah. All praises to Allah. This is what the narration says. Alhamdulillah. Allahumma, O oh Allah, kama hassan khalqi The way you beautified my creation, my physical creation, hassin um, khuluqi. Ex- make perfect or make excellent my character as well. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, uh, perfect our character or make or, or allow us to perfect our character or make it as perfect as possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue, us, continue to bless us and, and keep us beautiful both from the outside and from the inside. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the character of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi